code. Hello, world. It's Mike Traverso with the Friends That Code podcast, where I get a chance to showcase some amazing people that I know just happen to write code for a living. Holy smokes, folks. Today, I'm incredibly lucky to have such an amazing person joining us for the podcast. I first met uh, today's guest at DevFest Florida a few years back. She had submitted a talk about creating apps for Google Home. And at the time, this was brand new tech and to a large extent still is. Uh, so naturally, with such a cutting edge topic, we had to bring her down for the conference. She is also, she's an AWS machine learning hero, okay? Sits on the Alexa Developer Advisory Council, has received multiple innovation awards from Chick-fil-A, and is the recipient of the Walker's Legacy Power Award, an award to recognize the achievements of notable leaders in the community. She gives back to the community in many ways. From public speaking to volunteering and mentoring, her passion for giving back is so clear. Today's guest went from Java developer to developing machine learning solutions with less than six months. My favorite flex of these newly learned skills actually is actually shown off in a promotional video. Yes, folks, her work has its own trailer, complete with slow motion action walk sequence. It's so cool. Developer, architect, mentor, teacher, AWS machine learning hero, Alexa champion, machine learning guru, multiple award winning and incredibly generous with her time. And I'm convinced there has to be at least two of her. Today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is Keisha Williams. Keisha, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Super excited. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Excellent. Excellent. And you're hanging in there with all of the quarantines and the COVID and Yes, 2020 has been a year. That's all I can say. But yeah, yeah. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, so I start off the show usually asking all my guests to tell us what they do for a living. Um, and I, I know I kind of covered a little bit of it. But what what do you do for a living, if you don't mind? Sure. And whenever I get this question, it's always hard for me to just say one thing <laughs> because yeah. I'm involved in so yeah. many different things. Um, but I guess at the highest level, I am a software engineer. I've been in IT for about 25 years. I currently work for a company called A Cloud Guru. There, I'm actually what's called a training architect. And so I'm teaching people about tech. So writing code and teaching people how to write code and about being certified and things like that. Cool. And, and earlier I alluded to a project that you had worked on that had its own trailer. Um, it was the soda can detection with AWS DeepLens. Yes. That's something that you worked on at a cloud guru. Um, can yes. you tell us, a, can you tell us a little bit more about that project and what inspired you to do that? Sure. So whenever AWS, whenever they release, I call it a new toy, um, the deep lens camera, it's a machine learning enabled camera. And whenever they release a new toy, I just have to buy it <laughs> and play around with it and really see how I can apply it to real life and then tell others about it. And so for that soda theft detection project, I have three kids and they love soda and 
drops. Like soda literally disappears overnight. And before I stood up this camera, I had no idea who was stealing the soda. <laughs> and so I used this AWS Deep Lens to essentially alert me. Uh, well, let me back up. It, I put it in my kitchen right in okay. front of the refrigerator. And so it watches the refrigerator. And okay. whenever someone goes into the refrigerator and pulls out soda, I'm alerted. <laughs> so that's incredible. That was the inspiration behind my soda theft detection system. Right. And, and, and so folks know, so, you know, I just want to make sure it's clear to everybody, AWS deep lens and what, um, what Keisha's talking about, it's this, it, it's, it is a new toy and it's a physical device that you can buy from Amazon uh, and it's integrated with all of their machine learning services. Um, the machine learning service. So let me ask you a question. Cause I saw the, in the video, right? Cause your kids are in the video. Yes. Um, did they mind being in that reenactment? My, let's see my, my daughter, she's actually been in several videos that, oh, okay. that they've done on me. And she complains every single time I have to bribe her with candy <laughs> in order for her to participate my my middle son he's just very outgoing and he just he loves being on camera so he's the one that was opening the refrigerator and smiling and and so yeah he he loves it you could definitely tell which one which one of your kids was having a really good time (laughs) and which ones weren't yeah (laughs) but but i i do want to mention though that that slow motion action shot at the beginning of that promo video for that um that's super badass (laughs) <laughs> and did you did you know about that was that was going to happen or no i did not know and it was so funny because w- once i shared the video with like my colleagues and my friends and they were like every time you appear in that video you're walking in slow motion <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah they ought to have like explosions going on behind <laughs> you and car chases and whatnot it's really cool yeah and i i fun. i i don't think um i because i've talked to a few people so far and i don't and they've all been recorded and and whatnot. Nobody, nobody has a promotional video like that. Um, <laughs> so, and and that and um, by the way, and we're going to get into kind of where folks can find that not just the promotional video, but where they can find the information on how that how you put together that project, right? Yeah. Um, so let's take a quick step backward. Before you got into machine learning, you were doing web development and Java development. Yes. And you transitioned into, you know, into the machine learning stuff um, in about six months. Yes. Right. What was that transition like? Well, the, the initial reason why I wanted to transition, I guess, from Java to machine learning, I'm very, I guess, I believe in continuous development and continuous improvement. And I tried to you know, stay in tune with the industry and the market and where things are headed. And so maybe three or four years ago, I just felt machine learning is like, this technology is going to take over the world. And that's how I felt about Java over 20 something years ago. When Java came on the market, I researched the language and I was like, okay, this language is going to take over the world. This is the language I need to learn. And so I actually left the company where I was working so that I could go and learn Java on the job. And so that same excitement that I had for Java way back then, I have it now for machine learning. And I just see where the industry is headed, that it's a skill that that I needed to have. 
Excellent. I mean, that's, you know, watching some of your videos and your excitement for some of the stuff and especially the excitement that you have over all of the, the new toys. Um, it, it's inspired me because again, I, so I do a lot of the research on, on all the guests beforehand. And so that all of that has inspired me to get more into machine learning. Cool. Because, you know, I, I've been doing mobile development for a long time, for about 10 years now. And I left my job at the, t you know, 10 years ago because I wanted to do mobile development mm -hmm. and, um, looking what you're able to do with machine learning is just really cool. And it's, I, I think a lot of people will end up, um, getting into it. So it's, it's a really fascinating field. It really is. And it's like you initially, I thought that it was something that was going to be so complex. I needed to have a PhD working in a research lab somewhere to really understand it. And that, that is definitely not the case. Yeah. And, and to that point, right? So there, there, there may be folks that are hearing machine learning and they may be hesitant still um, to, to kind of get into it. I mean, do you have any advice for those folks how to get started with machine learning? Yeah, I would definitely say first, don't be intimidated. Um, and people always ask me, do I have to have, like, do I have to be really good at math? And, you know, there is some component of machine learning where you need to understand like linear equations and things like that. But where I think people should really start, you should start with uh, researching like the cloud provider. So for example, that's how I started. I started through AWS and they have a ton of machine learning and AI services that I like it's a great place to start because they abstract away initially a lot of the complexities, just allowing you to explore and play around. And then you can go as deep as you want to go. So for me, I started out very high level. And then as I learned more, I realized, well, oh, I need to be able to do this and this and this and this. And then through like the AWS services, I had the opportunity to do that. And so I think the cloud and AWS and some of their out-of-the-box services, it's a great place to start. Excellent. And that's, I mean, so for folks who might be thinking, well, maybe there's, there's a cost associated with that. What would, what would be that advice? I mean, because I know, well, you know better than that. And maybe you could speak better to the, any costs related to just getting started. Sure. Yeah. So with AWS, I'm not sure about the other cloud providers, but right. when you sign up, there is what's called a 12 month free tier plan. So it really gives you like a whole year to explore and play around with some of the services. Now with the SageMaker service, that is their machine learning as a service. That service, the free tier, um, it's a bit limited because machine learning is so popular. So there are certain servers that um, aren't covered under this free tier. So for example, they give you access to like GPUs. Those aren't covered un under the free tier, but using the free tier there, um, you can get started without a lot of upfront costs. So cool. Yeah. Right. So there's really not a whole lot of impediment for folks that are, you know, hesitant to get into this. And that's fantastic to hear. Right. Um, and so right now you're working at a cloud guru um, yes. and you've got a lot of content that you've been providing um, for, for the site. Yes. What's some of your favorite content that you've been involved in creating? Oh, 
Oh, that's hard. <laughs> They're all my favorites. <laughs> but I would say I'm most proud of the Alexa certification course. Okay. And so that course teaches people about Alexa skills, how to like build Alexa skills. And it also prepares people for the AWS certification exam. And so it's, I think of it like two for one. You're learning how to to create skills, but then you're also learning about what you need to know in order to pass the exam. So that one, I think I'm the most proud of. Um, I've also had fun on, there's a free portion of, of what I work on and it's through the community, what we call community, but mm-hmm. I have like a vlog, it's called Keisha's Corner. And yes. there I talk about machine learning. So. I like that one. I've done three episodes, I believe, and I'm working on the fourth episode. Okay. And that one is free. And then there's also the Deep Composer. That one is free as well through our community platform. And so AWS Deep Composer is a machine learning enabled keyboard. And it's really just a fun, hands-on, interactive way to learn about machine learning and generative AI. And so for that one, we have We've planned six episodes, and I believe we've released four. But that one is fun, and it's free. So, yeah. Yeah, Deep Compose. The, the, one of the favorites uh, of mine has been the Deep Composer series, and I, I've been following along with that. And I, you know, so I like the intro music that I have to the podcast. But I wish I had known this was coming back in <laughs> early June, because I would have tried to create my own music and save some money and time on Fiverr. Yes, and that would have been really cool. Just AI generated track. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do that and uh we'll we'll do it for a future episode and, and kind of plug it in and uh see if anybody notices. That would be fun. <laughs> so with the Deep Composer, um so are you a musical person? Like how did how did that project come to you? Was it just hey, they they Amazon came out with the keyboard and that spoke to you in some way or was Yeah. So when Amazon released this new toy. I had to have it (laughs) and I had to play around with it. And then I just um, pitched a course to um, my company to just say like, this is something I'd like to share with others on how to, you know, compose music using AI. And the keyboard also really spoke to me because growing up I played piano for the youth choir and so just having the keyboard it really took me back to my childhood days and it was just just a lot of fun that's so cool yeah Uh, and and just for folks that are listening that are thinking oh my goodness um i can't i can't get into deep composer because (laughs) i don't have the money for a keyboard um you don't have to have the physical deep composer device you can use your own keyboard with um uh, you know hotkeys Yeah, so you can use your computer's keyboard to control. There's a virtual keyboard in the Deep Composer console, so you can control it that way if you don't have the physical um, keyboard. Yep. Yeah. That's so cool. I I, I, That's a series I really like, but when you spoke about the Alexa certification skills uh, course, I think after this I'm going to end up signing up for a Cloud Guru and getting into that course. That course was a lot of fun. I mean, Alexa is actually the co-host the course <laughs> so yeah, really? it's not just me that you're listening to wow she gives you tips and tricks as well and that's so crazy some corny jokes <laughs> well 
Well, you know, speaking of what, I mean, you've, you've created a, a lot of Alexa skills and you've, you've actually won awards for the skills that you've created. Yes. Uh, and so I'm going to ask a question. I, I think I know the answer to this, but I don't want to be too presumptive, but which skill did you have the most fun creating? Uh, I would say my word jumble skill. Okay. That skill, it's because it has like all of the bells and whistles. Like every time a new feature would come out, I would try to figure out how I could include that feature into that skill. And so I was able to present that skill last year at reInvent at the Builders Fair and just kind of walked people through all of the like I said, the bells and whistles, and that is my mom's favorite <laughs> skill that she plays on her Alexa device. And like, she always reaches to the end and she needs me to add more words in there for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, you almost wish that there was a, an app store that you can kind of do micro transactions and maybe take advantage of your mom a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's a great tester. I'll get her to test everything for me. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, I mean, just to name a few of the skills that you've created for folks who are listening and, and want to check them out. Um, there's, like you mentioned, World Jumble, uh, Math Genie, uh, STEM Women, which I actually put on my um, Alexa just so I can, you know, hear about different women in STEM because I want to, you know, reach out to them possibly and get them on the podcast in the future. Oh, that's a good idea. And the next one, and this one going to be hugely popular this year is text Santa, right? <laughs> that was, yeah. Because, My kids like that you know, one. If, if we're being honest, your kids aren't going anywhere <laughs> near a mall Santa this year. So, yeah. Um, so speaking of speaking, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You also do a lot of public speaking and and you've done that. Yeah. You're you're across the country at smaller dev fests like the one you did for us in Florida a few years back. Yes. Um, But to speaking at various, you know, big events like AWS events, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the University of Georgia, the Grace Hopper celebration. And there's a list of speaking engagements that you've I mean, it's incredibly long. (laughs) There's never a dull moment. Yeah, I and mean, this is why I say there's got to be two of you because there's no way that you can get anybody can get this much done, and so you're, you must have excellent time management skills. Yeah, I have to. I yeah. definitely have to. <laughs> but, but speaking of your your what what has been your favorite public speaking experience to date? Um, Apart from staying at the Swan and Dolphin in Orlando, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to get to that. I know. I'm just teasing. Okay. Um. I guess my favorite public speaking. I think it's neck and neck. So definitely, when I was a part of um, the TED um, Spotlight Presentation Academy, so okay. that was a like a global competition they had to identify like 15 storytellers and then bring them to the TED headquarters in New York City and go through this like intensive boot camp speaker training and then speaking on the TED stage. So that happened really early on when I first started public speaking. And so I think that was, it was just an amazing 
I still pinch myself to say, did I really do that? So that, I think that um, was an awesome experience. And then my very first international keynote um, appearance in Spain. And that was amazing too, because they, they allowed me to have a plus one. So my best friend went with me and it was like a nice vacation in Spain. So you can't beat that. Yeah. That's not bad for what, and and, you know, taking aside the prep time and the flight, I mean, that's not bad for an hour's worth of work, right? Right. My thoughts. Exactly. So one of the questions is, I mean, cause that's, that's such a huge resume. Um, and someone listening to this could be, you know, intimidated by that. And we don't want that to be the case. So one of the things, and, and obviously that wasn't this, this level of success for you hasn't always been the case. I mean, you started at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what advice would you give someone that is interested in tech, goes to tech meetups, maybe thinks about public speaking, but it kind of sits in the back of the room and doesn't really want to participate for whatever reason? Uh, what would you give any, do you have any advice for those folks to encourage them into getting over that, that hurdle of, Hey, just let's, let's get it. Let's just do it. Yeah. So I can share just when I first started my public speaking journey or my public speaking careers, it's really like a second career. But when I started, I would always have this little voice in my head saying, like you're not an expert at this, or why would somebody want to listen to you? And what I would tell myself, um, everybody's journey is different. And so there's someone that is not as far along um, as I am. So for example, in machine learning, there's someone out there that's not as far along as I am. And so anything that I can share with them about lessons learned, just anything that I can share to help them, like that's the person that I'm speaking to. That's who I'm here for. I'm not here for the machine learning expert who's been doing this for 20 years. That's not the person that I'm trying to speak to. So if you just look at it from that angle that like there's somebody that's not as far along as you and just any information that you can share is going to help that person. Um, And just always make your talk about the audience, about trying to help someone in the audience. And it, it just makes it really easy. Yeah. And that's, that's great advice. And I think a lot of people have kind of, you know, so I've talked to a few people on the podcast and almost everyone has said, you know, look, you're just, just do it so that you can get the experience. And so, but, what you said there, I think is so, I don't think anybody's touched on that yet to date yet is, is really kind of get that story, you know, put, put that information to the audience you're speaking to and speak to them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the, the other bit you mentioned about, you know, why would anybody want to listen to me? Because everybody else is just as scared and <laughs> everybody else is just as nervous. Yeah. So yeah. the first person up there usually gets, um, you know, the reward. So, yeah. If you've got the if you've got the the little inkling of wanting to do it, just get out there and try to do it. Yeah, and I've been speaking. It's been a few years now, but every single time I'm still nervous. Like that for me, that never goes away. It's just yeah. a part of it. Yeah, and 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 that's you know it's just something that we deal with, and 
we hopefully move on. Yeah. I, I, I am incredibly shy and incredibly nervous. If I went into a conference, I would probably not say hello to anybody and sit there for the couple of days. And, uh, you know, so that, that would be me. So how I'm doing a podcast talking to people that I'm a f genuine fan of, I have no idea. <laughs> None. I, I, so, um, <laughs> but I want to touch on too, in addition to the public speaking, there's this other side of like, like you have this penchant for teaching. I mean, you spend a good deal of time volunteering and mentoring, um, at West, uh, which is women entering and staying in tech, hacker rank, women tech makers, women who code. I mean, what what drives you so much? To what, what drives you to so vigorously give back to the tech community? There are a lot of things um, that drive me. So, I guess the first thing, like I mentioned before, I've been in IT for twenty five years, and just. I didn't have a lot of, I guess, role models that looked like me. And I just want to be for someone else what I what I never had. And mm -hmm. so that, um, I think that's one of the main drivers um, for me. And there have been many times in my career that I've like considered leaving tech because mm -hmm. of just how alone and isolated that I felt. And so if I can just be there for someone else who may be experiencing that same thing and, you know, just helping them pull through that, um, that's, that's important to me. And then another thing that drives me, I have a daughter and I, I guess you, you may have seen her in that, that trailer video. Um, she's 13. She already calls herself a computer programmer. Um, she knows Python. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's starting to learn JavaScript. And, and when I think about her being in the tech industry and, you know, the things that I've experienced that I don't want her to experience, I really try to work with the younger generation to just increase the diversity in tech so that her experience is different from mine. So, yeah, there's a lot that that drives me to volunteer and and give back. I mean, that's a it's an incredibly um, moving story that you mentioned because it's it's sad, but it's also inspirational. And that's one of the you know one of the things that I've tried to do with you know different different groups that I've helped uh, organize was try to get you know diverse groups, um, not just diverse people speaking, but just diverse groups of people um, in the room. It's it's important. Um, yeah. that we all do that and, and continue to work on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what's, so you've done all of this volunteer work and, and all, what's been your favorite moment in volunteering in technology? I would say working with an organization called Technovation. Okay. And just their name is like the cross of tech and innovation. So Technovation, but it's this global organization they have chapters all across the country all across the world and we focus on working with middle school girls and high school girls and just exposing them to tech and so we we challenge them to solve a problem in their local community by building a mobile app and we just we take them through just the the 
ideation process, brainstorming, and then designing like wireframes, mock-ups, and then actually building the app. And then actually writing like a business plan and pitching the business plan and the app before a panel of judges and like the winning teams walk away with a cash prize. So just being a mentor um, and working with the girls and just seeing them learn and grow and like that for me has been really rewarding. That's incredible. Yeah, it's an awesome organization, and it's all free for the girls to participate. And yeah, it's I, I think it's, it's a life changing experience. I'm going to talk to you after that about that because I want to see if there's a way that I can maybe help get involved and and maybe we, you know, we could talk about that afterwards. That would be awesome. Um, talking about talking about speaking and teaching now. Um, you know, in the times of COVID, there are no conferences. Uh, there are no conferences in person. There are right. conferences happening online. Uh, people are still finding that way <laughs> to, get their, <laughs> to get their conference fix. Um, but so, I, I, you know, you've got this propensity for giving back to the community. And over the past few weeks now, um, and I think the next week, you've been facilitating the machine learning for social good workshop and yes. hackathon. Yes. Okay. That's so cool. Um, I, so I've seen the first session where you start to walk folks through different applications of machine learning uh, that take different data sets, some that require coding, some that don't require any coding. Yes. Uh, and you inspire participants to find a way to help battle COVID-19. Yes. Please tell us, get, you know, let's get into the weeds with this. Sure. So where that came from. Um, I mentioned earlier that I believe in like continuous improvement and continuous development. And so personally, I challenged myself as my summer project to figure out how to use machine learning to battle COVID-19. And then I thought to myself, it would be great if I could take others on this journey with me. And so I reached out to my friends at Women Who Code and they said, yeah, that sounds awesome. And so I was able to use that platform to reach, I don't know how many women, like for the second session, we had 600 people wow. um, register. And so that was, I guess that's the background, but how it works so there's there are three workshops and the thought process there is that i'm going to teach them everything they need to know about machine learning to then go off and compete in this hackathon that we're having and so after the workshops they form teams and they go off for about a month and they work on this machine learning application to battle COVID. And then we all get together again at this hackathon and they present their um, projects to a panel of judges. And I tell you the, the judges that we have, they are awesome. There are five judges, four from AWS at like the highest level. And we have one from a cloud guru, um, Katie, she's actually our, our president. And so we have like awesome judges that will meet with the teams. And at the end, 
determine a winner. And the winning team walks away with $5,000 in AWS credits to continue building out their application. And then they also have one year free access to a cloud guru to just continue their learning journey in machine learning. And so far their response has been overwhelming <laughs> and great. And it's, it's really exciting. That's incredible. I mean, and to, for folks to put that in perspective, 600 people is a giant conference. I mean, to, to swing that around and, and doing something for, for, you know, to help battle COVID-19 and helping inspiring, you know, women getting into machine learning. I mean, that's just amazing. Thank you. Thank, I mean, thank you for doing that. And like, I've caught the first session of it because I'm trying to follow along with it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just it's pretty inspiring. And I hope I hope that um, the judging session also happens online. Mm -hmm. It is. We get to see that. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. It's because it's kind of like um, it'll be kind of like a little mini TV show that's kind of <laughs> you know. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, that's super cool stuff. With, I mean, with everything that's going on with machine learning, I'm going to get back to this for a second. You know, especially with it being more accessible to a, a lot more people, you know, what's a prediction that you have for what's to come? I, I feel like it's going to be, and this is how I felt like three or four years ago. And I, I definitely see this trend in the industry that it's going to be like the most in-demand skill from a tech um, standpoint. And when, when I look at how pervasive the technology is and how like everywhere that it's used where you wouldn't even think that it's used, um, it just really shows me that like machine learning is, is taking over the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it kind of feels like in 2010, there was a big rush to, for every, a lot, well, I won't say everybody, but a lot of folks to get into mobile development. Mm -hmm. And machine this this machine learning um, train that we're kind of getting on now it feels much bigger than that mm -hmm. way bigger yeah it's, I, it's I, I definitely see it as like this next wave of transformative technology just like how the cell phone mobile phone mobile apps kind of transformed our lives um machine learning is is doing the same thing so very yeah. cool Okay, Keisha, I want to get into some retrospective questions. Um, okay. More advice for, for younger folks, if you're, if you're game. Yeah, definitely. Okay. These are, these are my questions I ask every, every, uh, everybody on the show because I think everybody gives a different take to this, and I want folks to kind of, again, come away with a little bit of hope and positivity and inspiration from this. Okay. So – what are some of the challenges you see younger developers struggle with? Uh, you know, because you've, you've been in the industry for a long, for, for a while now. And, and, you know, you've obviously had younger developers working for you. Right. What are some of those challenges? And do you have some advice that would encourage those younger developers to follow to get to where, you know, you, you are today? Yeah. So what I've seen in the, in the younger and most of, of the younger um, kids that I've worked with, especially the women, it's around, I guess, confidence. 
not really having the confidence to speak up or sometimes being afraid to ask questions and and things like that. So that that's the biggest thing that I, I've seen. You know, it, it really hasn't been related to like their technology skills or if they can code and things like that, but it's more so around confidence and being afraid to ask questions. And that's something that we all struggle with. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something, it doesn't really matter how long you've been in IT, that's something that like I still struggle with. It's that thing called imposter syndrome where you, you doubt yourself or, or you second guess yourself. And my advice is, like, you have to first believe in yourself before somebody else is, is going to believe in you. And it's okay to make mistakes. Like, that's the big thing. We, we, no one is perfect. Um, tech is never going to be perfect. You're never going to build this perfect application. There will always be bugs, right? Um, so don't feel bad when, when you make a mistake. Think of it as like a learning lesson. So you learn now what to never do again. So you don't make that mistake again. And so just just don't be afraid to to fail. Um, yeah, I could I could go on about that. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, to the, to your point about you know making mistakes, you, you with the waterfall you know project planning models, you know, system maintenance was probably the biggest part of any project's budget. Yeah. So, and, and you think, why would that be the case? Well, it's because of all the mistakes that were made. Yeah. Whether planning or implementing functionality. So, it, stuff happens. It's going I, to always happen. Yeah. <laughs> it, what, what, what breaks my heart, though, is when I'm in a meetup and I hear someone say, can, can I say something? And it's just, no, just, just jump in. Yeah. You know, there, you don't have to ask for permission to, to participate. So, yeah. If there's one thing I hope folks can take away from this, it's that don't don't ask for permission to participate, especially yeah. in your local meetups. Those should be the most fun that you have next to conferences, obviously. Yeah, I always um, I have a son, my oldest son, he's in he's a freshman in college and he's majoring in computer science and he's really worked in really the tech industry since 12th grade. And what I always tell him, I say. And I hope this is good advice, but I tell them, I say, do not ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Yep. So if there's something that you, you feel like you want to do, I mean, just go for it. Yeah. Because most often people will tell you no. So <laughs> yeah. Get the no on the opposite side of, you know, get it, get it after the fact that you can't be undone. Yes. And I tell him, don't use that with me though. Like. You have to ask for my permission to, to do stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's that's interesting, though. I mean, so your son's in computer science. You're in computer science. What's that like when he's coming home, you know, for, you know, do you guys, talk, I mean, does he ask, what, does he ask you for help on homework or? Oh, yes, 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 wow, yes, yes, so yes. He, when he was away at school before they started the virtual um, learning because of right. COVID, he texts me. Like, how do I do this in Java? What does this mean wow. again in Java? Or how do I do this? And, and I, I really enjoy helping him. Um, but I like I draw a line, <laughs> you know, I draw this line where I'm like, okay, I'm not telling you the answer because that is not going to help you. 
like you, I'll give you some clues and then you go off and, and you try to work on it yourself and then you can come back and we'll have a conversation about it. Right. So I'm not doing your homework. Because <laughs> I was going to say, that's got to be incredibly lucky to have you as a mom and do a computer science as, a, as your major. Um, that, that's pretty wild. <laughs> Keisha, what would be some advice that you'd give your younger self? You know, now that you've had all these career experiences, if you can go back in time and give yourself some advice, what would that be? Yes, I would definitely tell my younger self, if I could travel back in time, I would say, Keisha, <laughs> never let how someone else treats you make you question your, your, your own ability. Um, like you're a fast learner, you work hard, you're smart. Don't ever forget that. And that is the one piece of advice that, that I would give myself. Excellent. I mean, it's, that, that, I, I wish that could be the title of the show um, <laughs> because that's what we're trying to do here is like, don't, don't let anybody, you know, break you down, keep up, you know, keep positivity. And I want to get, I'm going to get into that in, in another question, but I want to, I want to kind of switch um, lanes here for a quick second. Okay. If I can. Yeah. So there's a big stereo, there's a huge stereotype on programming nerds. Um, what is one thing that you do? Uh, that totally breaks that mold of being a programming nerd that you're willing to share. Um, do you golf, ride bikes, skydive, watch a lot of Downton Abbey? Um, what is it that you do that helps break that mold? Well, I would consider myself a like top chef. <laughs> I oh, love, really? I love to cook. I love to experiment. I love to come up with new recipes. And if I weren't in IT, I would have my own restaurant and I would definitely give Gordon Ramsay a run for his money. Wow. <laughs> I'd be his biggest competition. <laughs> That's a big statement. Yeah. He better watch out. He, he's lucky I'm in IT. <laughs> you know, it would be a fun cooking show to watch is that if you can have you know, because what was it? Um, I think it was Top Shelf. They didn't know what ingredients they were going to be given, right? Is mm -hmm. that the show? I okay. think that's the show. Or yeah. Chopped. I think it's Chopped. Okay. Or it could be Top Chef too. But Chopped, you just get this basket of ingredients and you have to figure out what to cook. <laughs> okay. What if you had a machine learning uh, application figure out, hey, these are the ingredients. And here's the style and it spits out a recipe and then watch developers have to cook that. I would pay money to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so entertaining. I think I just found a new project. <laughs> okay. So I want to get back then to positivity and because we want the whole podcast to be about positivity. The whole reason this we're doing this is to um, spread positivity, encourage people, get active in the community you know, help give back. Um, but part of that spreading the positivity, you know, folks need to love themselves before they're able to show love to other developers or people in the community, or as I like to call it, the tribe, mm -hmm. um, this weird, wacky tribe of, of people in software development. Um, tell us, so tell us some of one or some of your accomplishments that you're most proud of that you can go back to and say, I did that. So that when you're in a sticky situation or you're not feeling totally confident 
where you've got that feeling of imposter syndrome because you're scrolling through Twitter and you're noticing all these people doing crazy, amazing things and you start to have that self-doubt. What is it? Some of those, what are some of those things that you can fall back on and say, Hey, I did this thing. I can totally do this next thing. Um, let's see. So when I think back on, I guess the, when I think from like from a software, from a Java web development perspective, one project that I am just super, super, super proud of um, is when I worked for Delta Airlines and I was responsible for, you know, helping to develop the booking engine. So anytime you go on the delta.com website and you purchase a ticket, that's using the booking engine. So it's using um, code that I helped to develop. And back then, like the developers, we were first level production support. <laughs> so I walked around with a pager <laughs> supporting it. And so that project, yeah, that's one project that I'm just super, super proud of. And just the, you know, the amount of users, the scale, and just how well it performs and things like that. So that's one project that I'm, I'm really proud of. And then speaking, I think just in general speaking and speaking on the TED stage. So when I first started my, my public speaking journey, it was mainly because I had this super fear of, of public speaking. And so like my New Year's resolution was to just get better at, at public speaking. And at the time, like I remember telling myself, I am not trying to do a TED talk. I just want to you know, be able to get up in front of the IT department and talk about my project status without feeling like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was my goal. And then just to look um, like where, where, where I've, all the places I've been, all the stages I've been on, to me, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's a true blessing. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely proud, proud of, of that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And, and, and for folks listening, I mean, you know, it's, you don't have to have, I mean, so Keisha's got an amazing, amazing 25 years of, of history in the software development field. So if you don't feel, you know, if you, if you hear what she's saying right now and you say, oh, well, I don't have that, you, you do have things in your life and in your career that you can fall back on. And so don't, especially if you're just starting out, don't try to compare yourself as you're just starting out to someone who has this amount of experience and just, you know, amazingness in her career. Right. I mean, cause I, let's be honest. I mean, that's, that's what it is. That's why I wanted to talk to you. It's, it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you at DevFest three years ago. And because I was just kind of running around so much, I never got a chance to do so. Um, but luckily, you've been very kind today to donate some of your time to this project that I'm working on. So I really appreciate that, Keisha. My pleasure. It's been fun. Oh, I'm glad you had some fun. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, so for folks out there that are interested in hearing more from Keisha talk about um, her projects, please, please, please go over to acloudguru.com and take a look at some of the courses that she's teaching there. Um, you can also find her and talk to her on Twitter over at at K-E-S-H-A-W-I-L-L-Z. 
which is at Keisha Wills. Um, she's got a brand new, we talked about this. She's got the brand new web series about using AI to generate music. Again, it's total six episodes. It is free. You can go to a cloud guru slash series slash deep composer. It's a really cool, really cool series where you can kind of follow along and play around with a virtual keyboard and have machine learning create your own music. Also, just want to follow up. I want to make sure that we cover this as well. She's also got the COVID-19 hackathon uh, that's coming up and it's being run through Women Who Code. And I think there is another session, there's session three uh, to register for, and that's coming up next week. Keisha, am I right about that? We had the last session oh. yesterday. Ah, okay. Yeah, but we've we recorded it and we've posted everything on YouTube. And so now we're starting to form the, the teams. And then next month, I believe it's August 14th, that's when the hackathon submission is due. So it's not too late for people to become involved. Perfect. And this will be up before then. So folks will have a chance to listen to this and, and get out there and not only get interested in get into machine learning, but also do so for a good cause and for a pretty awesome prize. Yes. Uh, and you want more information on that, you can go over to womenwhocode.com slash mission dash predictable dash hackathon. Yes. Keisha, I hope you had some fun hanging out today. Definitely. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Keisha. And thank you all for listening. Next week, we'll be back again with another amazing person that I just happen to know that writes code for a living. Until then, be well, everyone.